I'm Kim Raycon, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Harper Academics podcast, Harper Academic Calling. Our podcast is designed to give educators and students, as well as every reader, a behind-the-scenes chat with a range of our authors, from well-loved favorites to up-and-coming debut writers, about their books. Harper Academic Calling, Jose Antonio Vargas. In his own words, Jose Antonio Vargas says Dear America, Notes of an Undocumented Citizen, is a book at its core about homelessness, not in a traditional sense, but in the unsettled, unmoored, psychological state that undocumented immigrants like Jose find themselves in. He writes, It's a book about lying and being forced to lie to get by, about passing as an American and as a contributing citizen, about families, keeping them together, and having to make new ones when you can't, This is a book about constantly hiding from the government and, in the process, hiding from ourselves. This is a book about what it means to not have a home. We talked with journalist, filmmaker, and Pulitzer Prize winner Jose Antonio Vargas about Dear America and about what colleges and universities can do to help undocumented students in their communities. For faculty interested in using Dear America for course adoption, and for first-year experience administrators and faculty interested in adopting Dear America for college or university common reading programs or first-year seminars, you can find a free, downloadable, and shareable teacher's guide on our website. Just go to harperacademic.com and click on the Teaching Guides tab at the top of the page. Available guides are arranged alphabetically by book title. Dear America is available now in hardcover and ebook from our imprint Day Street and in digital audio from Harper Audio. So joining us today on the phone, we have Jose Antonio Vargas, author of Dear America, Notes of an Undocumented Citizen. Jose, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, So I wanted to start out by saying, first of all, that I really, really enjoyed the book. And I'll start off, maybe a, maybe a challenging, open-ended question for you, but how would you, how would you define being American? Um, I, I think a lot, I think a lot about that question and probably for me, the, the most contextual definition is an adjective, um, which is resilience. I, I, I find resilience. If you look at like the crux of American history and different groups of people, kind of trying to live up to the promise of America mm-hmm. or dare or daring America to live up to its own promise. Yes. I'm um, astounded just by the resilience of people. I mean, it's almost like America is this one big dare and everybody has has to kind of answer that dare in some way. One thing that I really liked in the introduction to your book was how you described um, Dear America as a story about homelessness, and you talk about it as a homelessness in an untraditional sense. So could you talk a little bit more about what you mean by the fact that Dear America is a book about homelessness for you? Well, I mean, there's the, I mean, for me, there was this literal definition of, I was writing this book when I had no actual physical space to call my own, right? Like I, I had moved out of my apartment, I had I wasn't I didn't have a permanent address 
Um, and I wrote the book in like hotel rooms and like Airbnbs and spare bedrooms of friends, as houses and apartments. So there was that. So there was this feeling of, in, in, in kind of writing the book, of, of, of basing the fact that my life was this way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then realizing that, that, that I've been dealing with that since I was a kid, you know, like not feeling like there was a home, right? And trying to um, make a home for myself under these circumstances and under these conditions. So there was a lot of always pressure to kind of make a home for myself and realizing that I had that I didn't have one. So uh, that really kind of, you know, there's a lot of immigration books out there and I probably have read 90% of them, <laughs> just the ones that have been published in the past 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to write a book that introduced a different kind of concept, right? Like, um, and, 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 and this idea of psychological homelessness was, was something that felt the most real to me and something that felt like a different way of talking about this issue, not in like a political partisan way and not even in a policy way. Because that's the thing, I could have easily written a book about policy. Mm-hmm. I know that, up, I mean, that, that I know upside backwards, you know, <laughs> upside downwards, forwards and sideways, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I could have just done that, but clearly that's not what the book, that's not what the book that I ended up writing became. Yeah, and it seems like this this psychological homelessness is, is the aspect for an undocumented person, um, especially a young person who has to walk, you know, that tenuous line majority of their lives. Um, that that's kind of the most wearying aspect of it. Yeah, and 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 also just this idea of like what are we what are we buying into exactly, right? Like, I mean, I think people, whenever we say, oh, you know, people come to America for the American dream, like, but what is that about exactly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, and the fact that, that that concept means different things to different people, like, you know, that section in the book where I talk about, you know, meeting an elderly black woman mm-hmm. um, who challenges what I think about, you know, papers, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, she, like, she showed up with her papers. I mean, her great great grandmother's papers, and um, and basically dared me to to think that you know, young man, this is not about papers, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Or 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 a young Puerto Rican who says, hey, you know, do you really want to be a citizen? Like, yeah, being a citizen doesn't guarantee everything, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So I really wanted to complicate that. I wanted to complicate what citizenship means for different people. Yeah, because if one of the things that we're going to to say as as a is a dominant narrative is that America is an idea, right? We have to take away yeah. if, if we think away the if we think about homelessness, if we take away sort of the literal bricks and mortar of it, you know, that is also an an idea. It's, and and and, what, and and that's and also I think we are now in a moment that the moment is forcing us to ask harder questions of ourselves mm-hmm. about, about what that idea is and how we got to that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, again, this is why I think even bringing Toni Morrison into the conversation was really important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the why. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, we, we rarely get to the why. I mean, we rarely, I mean, we, I mean, we barely get to the how, 
right? Yeah. Like, I would argue that the why of this issue, why people are coming, why do we need to call, you know, why do, why there needs to be a class of people that are quote unquote illegal, mm-hmm. you know, um, why do we need cheap labor? Why is immigration only talked about as if it's only for Latinos and Asians? Mm-hmm. That was a, I mean, that for me was a big challenge in writing the book was to, how do you talk about white and black America while at the same time challenge that binary? Yeah, right? yeah. The, 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 the country is, is, is not just black and white, and yet for the most part we talk about it like it's only black and white. Um, so how do we do that? How do you do that? And that's what I thought bringing in kind of, it, it, I mean, it, it was important for me to kind of bring in different ways of talking about that or complicating that, mm-hmm. um, which I think was accomplished in the book. I mean, I was really proud afterwards. I'm like, okay, I think, I think we did our job here. I'll ask you a why question. So your book is divided into three parts, lying, passing, and hiding. So yeah. why is it important for people to get to know those three aspects of an undocumented person's experience? Well, for me, I mean, once, once my editor and I came up with that structure, it made, it really made, the, it, it made writing the book much easier. Not that it became easier, because I don't think writing, writing anything is easy. Um, but it, coming up with that structure freed me up from feeling this pressure of being, quote unquote, a spokesperson. You know, uh, there's a lot of expectation, I think, for me to to kind of be a spokesperson for undocumented people. I'm one person mm-hmm. with a very specific story. And so coming up with that structure, I think, allowed me to feel like I was speaking to someone greater than myself, that, 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 that these are the three stages that no matter your circumstance, right no matter kind of how specific your story is this, this is what we go through and what was interesting is as i was writing it i kept thinking oh no actually a lot of people who are not undocumented immigrants or immigrants themselves can relate to that right especially the passing part right one one could argue that the american experience is one very long one very long trek into passing and what it means to quote unquote past as an American. That's why coming up with that structure for me was so in many ways liberating. Because it made me feel like it 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 allowed me to talk about myself in such a way that kind of honors other people's experiences. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it to- it totally does. And and I think one of the things for me when I was when I was reading your book, I, I went through it a couple of times because I, I was the one that wrote the teaching guide that we have for it. Oh, yay, which I really loved. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very glad for that. That's, that's good to know. But, but one thing that struck me consistently throughout your book was um, the, the tone, the tone that, that happens throughout the book is one where you seem, I don't know if guilty is the right word, and you can certainly correct me if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong about calling it that. If it's, if it's not guilt, there's at least this sort of continuous feeling that, that, that you are undeserving of all of the help that you got throughout your life um, to sort of get through the next, the next several phases. 
So how, like, how can you, how do you, or how have you, or how are you reconciling the feelings that you have about sort of the amount of, of help that you got? Um, whether it was, you know, going through the college application process or getting financial aid or getting a driver's license or getting jobs. Um, because uh, you, you, you are totally right about sensing that, that feeling of guilt. No, okay. <laughs> One, one friend actually who's known me for a while said that he was so surprised by the kind of the feeling of mournfulness. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that's a, that's a really um, great word to use too, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was like, you know, did I, did I intend that? And then of course he corrects himself minutes later and said, of course you intended that. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. You know, I want, because I think people, I mean, it's funny, I think people were expecting an angry book or a loud, a loud and angry book. Mm -hmm. And instead it's, it's not that. I don't think it's either of those things. I think it's, there's a lot of, um, I mean, for me, I wrote this book. I, I mean, I didn't think this was what was happening until like I was really deep in it, but I wrote the book to kind of make sense of myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm only one person working in a system you know, working in systems. There's all these systems that I did not create, right, that that I am a part of, whether or not I want to admit it. And then when you examine kind of why I got all the help that I got, or why I was able to pass the way that I did, or why I was able to be in these spaces that I wasn't supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's where this feelings of why am I here? <laughs> How did this happen? You know, like the feeling of kind of like, this guilt that I've been carrying a lot. I mean, that was important for me to really try to understand that. Or even when, you know, the undocumented day laborer tells me, you're not even one of us, mm -hmm. right? Like, that was really painful to hear that. But I needed to talk about that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and in many ways, I think the book is an act of kind of emotional liberation from this way. Um, I really wanted to write from this place of of displacement and this place of hurt and this place of um, kind of trying to make sense of my own life. Um, you know, as I said in the book, towards the end, like cracking it open, mm -hmm. right? And in many ways, some people could say that I'm really hard on myself. I, I don't think that. I think it was just, I, I think if anything, I just forced myself to really be honest with myself. Yeah, and you know. it, it was it was very it, to me it was very emotionally compelling because it, it you know, you're right you know you, you might you might expect you might expect anger you might expect you know frustration and kind of shaking fists at the sky kind of a kind of vibe but it, it really really struck me just how much um, you know how much guilt and how how much um, how much pressure you put on yourself to to make it clear. Maybe not so much to everybody else, but to yourself, how how you are earning your place, as it as it were. Ah, and, and 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 my hope there, right, um, is that it it hopefully compels readers to ask themselves these questions. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there's only two two parts in the there's only two sections in the book where I actually directly address the reader. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of them is when I'm you know locked up in detention, and the other time is when I'm asking. You know, like, what have you done to earn your box? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And what it means 
too, I mean, that was, you know, even, even coming up with that was really kind of like, you know, I had to ask myself if that was, um, if it was fair to do that, <laughs> right? Um, to, it, it was, you know, this, this, this idea that I'm now questioning people's citizenship and how they earn who they are. You know, and that's why even coming up towards the end of the book, I'm sure you noticed that, you know, um, and that's the thing, by the way, about the beauty of writing this book. I could not have, I could not have written some parts of this book if I didn't kind of go through kind of the emotional process of it. Like coming up with a, with, with, with the sentence of home is not something I should have to earn. Mm -hmm. Gosh, when I wrote that, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like something in me lifted. <laughs> something that's like oh my god it took me writing this book to say that to myself mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have to earn any of this home is actually like a basic right mm -hmm. yeah but i had to right but you know everybody deserves a home i'm not talking about like a mcmansion i'm just talking about a home where they don't feel like they're being threatened a home where they feel like they don't have to justify anything you know um that so coming up with that was for me like, um, you know, what a gift to be able to do that while writing this book. I felt like I, um, I make so much more sense to myself. Yeah, and and, and the thing too for me is I was I, I, I'm sure you could you, you 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 could sense this, but I also wanted to write a book in a way that was, you know, like in language that wasn't so overwritten or overwrought. Mm -hmm. right. I just because I think I, I mean, here's what I did. I read too many memoirs before I started writing this book, and and I was so you know while reading some of them, I will not name which ones. Okay. While reading some of them, and some of them were really successful, I I just didn't want to successful in terms of sales, right? I just didn't want to. I I felt that there were so many moments in my life that are so dramatic. Mm -hmm. But in many ways, I wanted to write it in a way that didn't seem overdramatic. You know, like I'm just kind of letting the words, the the events that happened were bigger than language. And I had to find language that was direct and really kind of emotionally um, direct, right? I didn't want to overwrite. Um, that was actually, I think, the number one note when I was writing it. I had like a little tape in my computer. Do not overwrite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was really hoping for that. Well, I think I think you were quite successful in that in that regard. What are some things that you think college and university administrators can do to help support undocumented students on their campuses? You know, this is really a question now that's being asked of every institution in this country, particularly colleges, because it's a question of how willing are you to not only support undocumented students, but to actually talk about the issue mm -hmm. itself. And I think a lot of colleges we found, they want to do things quietly. Mm -hmm. They want to help, but they don't want to say it publicly, because that, because that, comes, with, you know, that comes at a cost. So I think every university and every college has to figure out what its role is on this issue. That is beyond kind of the politics of the moment or whatever the partisan kind of tenor is of that community. You know, I mean, every institution is being asked, you know, how do they define American? Um, as a defined American, we also have, I think, more than 60 college chapters now in colleges across 
chapters, these college chapters in particular, have been very, very active in their own local schools about engaging administrators and engaging faculty about how to make the campus much more welcoming, right? And not only to undocumented students, but to immigrant students in general, right? To so many immigrant students, even though they have, you know, may have U.S. citizenship, come from families where there are undocumented people. So it's not, you can't separate, quote unquote, the undocumented from the just the, from the legal. They're, they're kind of, they live together. So what does it mean to welcome people to schools? And I would hope that the book is one way of answering that, meaning I, I, I think the book exposes so many realities and forces people to ask a lot of different questions, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that was really my goal in writing it, you know, because these are questions I have been grappling with, and I feel like part of my job is to kind of share that process. So I just have one more question for you, and it's a question that we ask all of the guests on our podcast. Since this is primarily geared towards teachers and their students, and I think I may have a guess at what your answer will be, but who was your favorite teacher? Oh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, uh, a lot. I mean, I could name all of them, but I won't do that. Um, well, I mean, Mrs. Benny is probably the one that I carry the most with me. I just was just texting with her last night. <laughs> uh, uh, Well-timed. She was my high school choir teacher. Um, and she was the first adult I ever told that I was here, you know, illegally without papers and I you know I've been in touch with her since I was a kid and I, I like talking to Mrs. Benny because I feel like nothing has changed but everything has changed at the same time mm-hmm. there's there's a level of kind of comfort with her that I find um and and there's a there's a there's a there's a clarity about about kind of her role <laughs> as a as, as, as someone who's been a mentor to me since I was a kid, mm-hmm. I just you know I I I I I would hope that people reading this book would 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 sense right away that the book is also in honor of teachers, the role of educators in people's lives, in students' lives, that it's way more than what happens in a classroom. That's great. Well, Jose, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, thanks for doing this.